You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. But this morning, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. That looks good, guys. That looks good. Thank you. The Bible says here, I guess if you're going to get there, I should too. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud. We see cloud twice and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be you idolaters, as were some of them. It is as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day. Three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur you, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all of these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now watch this. Wherefore? Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I want to say this as an introduction, and I'll let you be seated this morning. But I am very aware of the things that situations, personal situations that you've told me of. I'm aware of the things going on in the world with the sickness, with the disease. Uh, my head is not in the dirt. I'm aware of these things. I can't remember a time more so than this last week that I got more calls or messages or, or text, or whatever it may be, of prayer requests and things going on in individual families and individual lives. I said that to say this this morning. We need to understand that the enemy, and I mean the enemy of your soul, the enemy of your soul, the destroyer, is working overtime to kill, steal, and to destroy. And by doing that, the first thing he has to do is he has to put fear into the child of God because fear will either cause us to run to our own abilities. Listen to what I'm saying. Our own abilities, we will run to our own uh, uh, ideas or we will run to the presence of God. And while the devil is using this to destroy, God is using it to bring the child of God into a deeper relationship with him. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. I'm not ignorant to the things that are going on. But I also want to tell you this. There's never been a better time for the church. There's never been a better time for the church. 
Because while this world is turning something, everybody to something, we have something, a light, that's going to outshine the dark elements of this world. And they will see the light first before they run to a beggarly element of this world. And so I come this morning to remind you of a great truth, but also encourage you that when the world is running, to make sure you share the light of Christ. I know Pastor Brian said this morning, and rightfully so, we need to be responsible with this sickness and this disease coming on, but we also don't need to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Don't use it as an excuse to sit home now. If you need to be home, be home. But if you don't need to be home, you need to be a church. We need to be encouraging one another and edifying one another's faith. I normally don't say this much, and I, I apologize for that. But I want to minister to you for just a moment. i got a few footnotes and a lot of scriptures to chase, and I, I just want to give you a truth. If I don't give you a truth that you can take home and apply to your life, I'm wasting your time this morning. So I hope to remind you of a great truth this morning. And that truth, I'm going to announce it this way, is the great cloud of escape. The great cloud of escape, taken from verses 2 and 3 down to verse number 13. The great cloud of escape. Will you bow your head and help me pray? Father, I love you this morning. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. I thank you, God, for every individual and every family that is represented here today. I'm asking that you would open our ears, God, to hear your word. And, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive today. And, Lord, anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word. I'm asking you to do something I can't do, God, and that is to move upon the hearts of every individual that is here. And, God, I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the Glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. If I could ask Jake and Lane, if I could ask you guys uh, to join us. Join us on the platform this morning. I'm going to use you in just a moment. We haven't practiced this. Lane's saying, I got no idea what it is. But uh, I want to use them in, in just a moment. But uh, just find you a chair and I'll pull you up in just a minute. The Bible teaches us here of a great truth. That is mentioned a lot of times throughout, not even just the believer, but also to the non-believer. And, and I, I say that respectfully because um, I see a lot of the world that recites verse number 13, but only recite it in a half-truth. Normally, it's misquoted. Normally, it's only half-quoted. And, and I'm not going to say that it is error because any part of the Scripture that is quoted is not going to be error, but it's very important that we understand everything that is going along with it. If we look at verse number 13, we find the Bible says, There's no temptation taking you but that which is common unto man. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I want to ask you this morning as a show of hands so I, I know that I'm not the only one. How many in here has heard that scripture quoted and people just say, God will not put more on you than what you're able to bear? All across the building we hear that this morning. But we want to understand that. It's commonly said that God will not put more on you than what you are able to bear. But they don't go on to understand that with the temptation there is also a way of escape. 
with the temptation. In other words, a temptation's coming, and it's properly interpreted here as a trial, a situation that is really greater than what the strength of a man is, and it's meant to push us to the presence of the Lord. So if we understand it, we understand this, that the trial, listen, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but the truth of the matter is, the trial is coming. The temptation is coming. The battle is coming. The fire is coming. The rivers you can't cross is coming. But with everything that is coming our way, there is also a way of escape. And if I take advantage of the way of escape, then I may be able to bear it. Listen, it's a package deal. You got the trial, but you also got a way of escape. You got the trial. Then you've got the way of escape. The trial comes first. If I take advantage of the way of escape, or the if I take advantage of the way of escape, then I learn that I find myself in the presence of the Lord, hidden in the things of Christ, that I may be able to bear it. Now, temptation, trial. Literally means trial. We bring it back. Verse number 13 is up on your screen, or you can look at it with me in the Bible, but temptation is trial. Watch this. Common to man. No trial, no temptation than that which is common to man. In other words, there's no trial that is going to come upon you that is not already, listen to what I'm about to say, that is not already limited. It's already limited. Look, if you're a believer, you're a child of God, God is not going to allow something to come and to sweep you off your feet and consume you. He's not going to do that. I, I use it a lot as an example, but a visitor's here, or maybe you haven't heard it, but this is a great visual, a great example. If I'm a child playing in my yard and my father is sitting on the front porch and a mean dog comes in the yard running at me, snarling and mean and, and coming to attack me, I'm going to turn. That, that dog's going to make me run to my, to my heavenly father. It's going to make me run. I'm using it as a natural state, so let me say it like this. It's going to make me run to my dad. You know what? my dad is going to do he's not going to sit there and let the dog consume me chew me up bite me tear me and completely kill me and in fact if my dad's seen it coming he's going to come off the porch and meet the dog running head on I don't care how big the dog is I don't care how what breed he is I don't care if he's rabied it doesn't make any difference my dad's not going to stop to analyze the situation he's going to see his child under danger and he's going to do everything within his power to to stop it because it is not his intent for me to be consumed. You need to know this morning, your heavenly father has not allowed something to come into your life to consume you. It may be there to push you, but it's not there to consume you. He doesn't do that. What's the point of that? It's common to man. means there's limitations upon trials. There's limitations on Satan. No temptation goes beyond what God has already provided to us. And then he says this, God is faithful. That is a great truth. That's what the scripture says. God is faithful. Listen, God is faithful. God is faithful. In other words, Brother Shea and Brother Jeff sang about it a while ago. He is an on time, every time, all the time. I always get the words mixed up. God, listen. He's not missed a single trial. 
He's not missed a trial. Was he faithful to you last time? Was he faithful to you the time before? Was he faithful to you the time before that? Was he faithful to you the time before that? We can back up to the very beginning. Was God faithful? All right, let me ask you a question. If you can answer the truth that God has been faithful to you every time from this day past, why is it that in this trial we're wondering where God is at? I'm preaching good. You can take the halos off. We don't got to act like we're too holy this morning. Why is it that every time there's a new trial that the question pops up in our mind as God forgot me? Come on, I wish you'd be honest with me this morning. How come is it that we always question where God is at? God, where are you at? God, why is this happening to me? God, why is it attacking my family? God, do you not hear my prayer? God, have I done something wrong? God, am I not have enough faith? God, have I done something uh, that has separated me from you? Why is it that we put God under the microscope every single time a trial comes, but we can look back from the day past and we can testify that God has been faithful. Okay, I'll answer a question. It's because we're not near as close to God as what we think we are. You're not. Listen, I'm going to preach to me because I'll make somebody mad. I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I've not arrived. There will always be room in my life to draw closer to the Lord and God will always have a trial, a test that will be able to knock Steve off of his feet and my God, I feel the presence of the Lord and push me deeper into the intimate relationship with Christ that he so desires for us to have. (laughs) But you know what? God is faithful. God is faithful. Let me move on. And then he says, above what you are able, with the power and the presence of the Lord, there's none of us that have said and we have thought, this is too much. This trial's too much. I made it last time, but I'm not going to be able to make it this, this time. Okay, help me. Don't leave me alone. I'm not going to be able to make it this time. There's no purpose. There's no reason. This is too much for me. Well, the Bible says you are able. Above what you are able. Let me say it like this. You may not be in this race that we call our race of life, eternal life. There are times in a race that the runner paces himself. There's times when he has to rest. There's times when he has to sit down. I have seen and watched where a runner was so determined that they have failed, but they didn't want to quit the race and they're doing nothing but crawling. I want to tell you this morning, even if you get to the place that you're crawling, the truth of the matter is you are able. It may be tough, but it's possible. It's possible. You can't cancel out what the power of God can do through you with your faith in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. 
because you are still able with the help of God. The word escape literally means an exit. There will be an exit out of my trial, an exit out of my temptation. And everybody, how many of us would like to shout right there? There's an exit out of my trial. Amen. I'll take the exit. And then he says, able again to make possible. And then he says, bear it. In other words, it means to endure Hardship, to endure hardship, to be able to undergo underneath hardship, but still be able to stand during that time. Simply put, and I've said it this morning already, the trial is allowed by God. You need to understand the trial is allowed by God. Not because He's mean. Not because He hates you. Not because He doesn't like you. But the trial is allowed by God to push you to a deeper relationship with Him and to push you to the things that He has provided for us for strength. That we may learn that when I can't, He can. When I can't, He can. To every believer, because our God is our refuge and our trust, we place our, fa- our faith, our trust in Him. And any and every trial, listen to me. I'm just reminding you of something you already know. Any and every trial ought to push you closer to Christ. It ought to make you pray. It ought to make you pray. It ought to push us closer to Christ. David said in Psalms 32, he said, Lord, you are my hiding place. <laughs> You're my strength. You're my fortress. God, you're my hiding place. I mean, it literally means he's the place where he would go to be exempt from the things of the world, to just get out and to be exempt from the things of the world. Now, most times before we came to Christ, we always attempt to overcome on our own. But I want to bring to your mind, your heart, the, the great benefit of the escape that the child of God has for us. I want you to go with me. I want to travel through the text just a little bit. I don't normally do this, but I want to travel through the text just a little bit, and I want to talk about the way of escape, the presence of the Lord that is a way of escape. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we read about a cloud, and I'm going to come back to that cloud, but I want to build a foundation for that cloud first, and then we're going to bring it together as the cloud being that great escape. Backing up, and Joy can bring it up quicker than what we can turn there if you want to follow along with us on the screen. I want you to see some things. In Exodus chapter number 13, verses 21 through 22, we will find here that the children of Israel are just about to make their crossing across the Red Sea. They are, in chapter 14, they will cross, but God has given them some promises. He's given them uh, some, some ways that he would lead them and guide them. In Exodus chapter number 13, I want you to see this. I hope I'm teaching. I hope that you're retaining this this morning. But he says in verse number 21 and verse number 22, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. You get that? A pillar of a cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and to go by night. Sometimes we have to travel through the darkness, but the Lord is there to guide no matter what it is. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Watch that. He never took them away. He promised to lead them, and he said, I will never take 
my guidance away from you by day or by night. The pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire is a type of the presence of the Lord, a type of the Holy Spirit that would lead them and would guide them. Here's something that I want you to see here uh, that, I, that I, I believe I've had wrong in my, in my mind and in my own heart. The pillar of fire and the pillar, uh, the, the, the pillar of fire and the pillar of the cloud are one of the same. And the reason, watch this, I, I want to try to bring it where you can see. The reason I say that is this. Both of them represented the presence of the Lord, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, but one of them was more visible in the day, and one of them was more visible at night. Now, let me give you this illustration. Is this okay? I got two of you. If I was to build a fire at my house, a bonfire at my house, with the fire comes smoke and, of course, comes the flame. Which one is more visible at night? The flame. Which one is more visible during the day? A cloud. The smoke. That's making a cloud, the cloud of smoke. And so they were one of the same, and we really can't separate them. If there's fire, there's smoke, there's a cloud. If there's cloud, there's smoke, there's a flame somewhere. And so they were one of the same. There was not to be separated, such as smoke and clouds. So here's what we see, and this is what I want to establish so far. The way that God would lead his people was the cloud by day and the fire by night, one of the same, the presence of the Lord. Now look again on the screen, Exodus chapter 14, verse number 19 and 20. Watch this. And the angel of God went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and a darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these so that they, one, came not near the other by night. Here we, here we go. It's cloud by day, fire by night. But they're one of the same. Here's what happened. They were about to cross the Red Sea. They hear the, uh, the, the chariots coming after them. Egypt is coming back. All of a sudden, the cloud that is leading them, one of you guys help me, the cloud that is leading them and leading the way that is before them, they're following the cloud of the fire. All of a sudden, watch this, danger is coming behind them. The Egyptians are coming to get them. And so the cloud all of a sudden moved behind the children of Israel now is acting as a type of protection and also blinding the enemy from where they are going. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Leading them. Sorry, man. Leading them. And all of a sudden here comes danger. And the Holy Spirit says, whoa. Moves out behind them and begins to protect them. Cloud by day and a fire by night. Watch this. It did not, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is represented here by the cloud and by the fire, was not just to lead God and direct them. All of a sudden, what happened when they got to the Red Sea? They were held up. The Lord allowed them to be held up. You know, sometimes in your walk with God, you need to do nothing but stand. 
Because I'm waiting for direction. I don't know what to do. I can't cross the Red Sea. It's too great for me. I don't know what my next move is. So I'm just standing. And while I'm standing and God knows an enemy's coming, he moved behind me to protect me so that I would just stand and trust him. In fact, the announcement from Moses would be this. Stand still, fear not, and see the salvation of your Lord. And so the fire and the cloud protected them. And they're looking here standing. And all of a sudden God says, Moses, lift that rod up. And he lift the rod up. And the waters parted. And when the waters parted, they crossed over on dry ground. All of a sudden the cloud gets back in front of them. Egypt says, there they are. Now we can see them. And what did God do? He all of a sudden formed a trap that would consume your enemies. I want you to know that God is not a God that's just going to protect you from the enemy. If you'll trust him uh, and you you'll give him time, he will consume your enemy today. And so it consumed them. Thank you. I'll pull you back up in a minute. Here we are. The sacrifice. I want, I want to take you now. We got all of this, cloud by day, fire by night, one of the same. It's there to lead God, direct you, talking about the cloud, but also there to protect you and blind you, blind you from the enemy. Everybody got that? Wish I had handouts. I'd hand it out so you could see it. Now, we're blinded from the enemy. Now, watch this. If we move on, there's a lot i got to skip to the order of the Levitical priesthood and the order that, that the Lord gave to the lineage of Aaron to perform the sacrifice for the people, the sin offering sacrifice. I'm going to make it simple. There's a lot of details. If you want to go back and read it later, you can read about it in Leviticus chapter number 16. I didn't even give him scriptures to look at because I, wanna, I want you to see this. But the priest Aaron, after his sons had already died because his sons offered up strange fire unto the Lord, God gave Aaron strict orders of how to perform the sacrifice. I'm not going to go through all of it, but I want to hit the high point here. First of all, I want you to know this. Aaron had a specific robe that he wore. That robe was his robe. That robe was made with a pomegranate and a bell on the end. And here's what it was meant to do. It was meant to highlight his position. It was meant to bring glory to his position. I'm not preaching on this. But the position, if you're in a leadership position, it ought to be respected by dressing appropriately to reverence the house and the calling of God. I didn't get very many amens there. I'll move on. I'll come back and preach that later because I, I can tell that'll be a really good one. Well, when they seen that robe, they said, there's the priest. He's the priest. They could walk into the camp, never have met the priest before, but they knew when the priest walked in because he had the, he had the robe that brought glory to his position. But watch this. He was ordered... To make the sacrifice. And in the, the sacrifice, this represents the holy of holies. I'm going to stop right here at the line of the platform and say this represents the most holy room. But this is the holy of holies. Outside the most holy room, we had the congregation. We had the temple where everybody was. There was a room called the, the most holy room where we had, you have to help me, lampstand. We had, uh, we had uh, this table of showbread. Um, we had the brazen, brazen, no, the altar was in the Holy of Holies. The, the, yes. Hey, we had some stuff in there. 
We have the lampstand. Everything pointed to Christ, okay? Everything right here pointed to Christ. The only thing that was in here was the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant. And that was where the sacrifice went. Now watch this. Aaron, when he got everything ready, he walked into the most holy room. And the first thing he did was this. Take off your robe that shows glory to your position. And you put on a robe of linen. A robe of linen represented the righteousness of Christ, which common man, listen, common man, I got to come back to this, wore. In other words, it didn't matter who you was. It didn't matter how you dressed when you came to God. It didn't matter what you smelled like. It didn't matter none of these things, how rich, how poor. When you come to the Lord, you had to come in a robe of linen, which meant a robe that a servant wore, meek and lowly, just come to Christ. Jesus has got a way of knocking us off of our high horse. If you don't come to him and say, God, I'm a sinner, and I pray you forgive me of my sin, you can't come at all he took it off put the linen coat on and watch this he went over to the altar he took a coal off of the altar of course he had things that he held the coal with watch this he walked over here he got some incense off of the altar of incense he walked into the holy of holies I'm not going in there because you can't see me but he went to the mercy seat this is the first thing he did he went up on the tongs of the mercy seat and he laid that coal down upon that and then he took the altar of incense, crushed it up and he let it go on the coal and when he did it, there was a cloud. There was a cloud of smoke that filled the holy of holies completely uh, where nobody could see in and nobody could see out. And then Aaron walked back out. He got a sacrifice for him and for his family. And then he walked into the holy of holies. Again, it's filled with smoke. Nobody in the congregation can see in there. Are you with me? No. What God is about to do in the holy of holy room is too holy for anything of the world to even catch a glimpse of. So he walks in. He offers a sacrifice for him and his family. He comes back out. He gets another sacrifice. And he goes in and he offers it up for the entire congregation. He walks back out and he says, It is finished. When God accepted the sacrifice... In the holy of holy rooms, the event was so holy that if Aaron would have tried to look up on it without the room being filled with the smoke that came off of the coal, he would have fell over as a dead man. And if I was to come and just open up the curtain, if Aaron would have opened up the curtain and told the congregation, look what God is doing, every single one of them would have fell over as a dead man. I brought that up to say this, there was nothing of the world that could stand in the presence of God. There was no trouble. There was no trial. There was no heartache. There was no sickness that could stand in the presence of the Lord. They were not allowed to look upon it. They were not allowed to get a visual because what God was doing was too holy for mortal flesh. Now watch this. Have I lost you yet? Hang with me. I might do it here in just a second. They entered in. And I want to go back to the text and I want you to see something. Verse number, I don't one and two. Let's try that. Watch this. 
Brethren, I would not have you ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud. Get this. They were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. They passed through the sea. Why? They were under the cloud. Verse number two. And were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. In other words, they were fully submerged into the mediator, which Moses was a type of the mediator. It was fully submerged into the direction of Moses. And Moses kept them under the cloud. Watch this, verse number three. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. What do we have here? They're under the cloud. They're eating, they're drinking. Everything they're doing is all spiritual because they're putting their faith and trust in the mediator. And Moses, the mediator, and as long as their faith and trust, Moses is a type of Christ here, as long as their faith and trust was there, they were under a cloud. Now watch this, verse number five. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness, verse number six. And these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they did instead. What happened? They were all in a, come here guys. They were in a cloud, one on one side, one on the other. They were in a cloud. As long as they were in this cloud, they were protected. They drink, they eat spiritual things, they stayed, their faith in Moses, who was a type of Christ, and as long as they stayed in this cloud, and then we get along on verse number five, God wasn't well pleased with some of them. Verse number six, he wasn't well pleased. Watch this. This is what happened. Some of them went like this. See what the wilderness got to offer me. And as soon as they stepped out into the wilderness, out from underneath the cloud, what, what happened? They started fornicating. They got caught up in idolatry. And you know what? God said, uh-uh, no. I'm not bringing you into the promised land. Because there's not access into the promised land in that way. You've got to keep your faith in, in Christ. And if you keep your faith in Christ, you'll find yourself right here surrounded by the cloud. And then we get all the way. Thanks, guys. I'll bring you back up in just a second. I ain't done. And we get all the way to verse number 12 and verse number 13. He's telling them this. There's a way of escape. No trial came upon you, and no trial came upon the children of Israel in the wilderness that, was, that they were not able to bear because he always had the way, of, the way of escape. What was the way of escape? If I was here, he always had the way of escape that I would get back under the cloud. And as long as I was in the cloud... Have I lost you? Then the things, the lust, the fornication, the idolatry is not what was overtaking me. It's when we step out from underneath the cloud. Let me take you to a couple more verses and I'm going to do another illustration with you guys. I want you to look at Luke chapter 20. He can bring it up. Luke chapter 23, verse 44 and 45. Watch this. Powerful. It was about the sixth hour. There was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Verse number 45. The sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent. 
in the midst. From top to bottom, the veil of the temple was rent. Now watch this. This is, we're reading about when Jesus is on the cross. He just is on the cross. He's just about to give up the ghost. It's all done. His blood has already been shed. Are you with me? Is this okay? feel like I lost you. His blood has already been shed. He's setting up on the cross. What happened? The earth quaked. And then there was a darkness. As there was a darkness in the land of Egypt where they couldn't see in front of their hand, you know what God is about to do right here? He's about to accept Jesus as the sacrifice upon the mercy seat. What did he do? He allowed a darkness to cover the whole earth so that nobody could see because what he, my Lord, I feel the presence of the Lord. What he was about to do was too holy for you and I to look upon. What happened in the holy of holies? The room better be filled with smoke and incense so that nobody can look upon it because I, what I'm doing in here is too holy for you to even be able to see. What happened on the cross of Calvary about the sixth hour? There was a darkness that filled the whole earth and at that time in the darkness Jesus gave up the ghost God accepted the sacrifice but the event was so holy that no man could look upon it it's a type perfect type of the holy of holies and then the writer of Hebrews tells us this in chapter 10 verse 19 and 20 let us having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary the veil was rent from top to bottom the holy of holies for the first time ever was opened up for the world to see why because there would never have to be another sacrifice that was offered the, the thing that God did that was so holy still stands today for all of mankind. And now you can look up on it. There was never before a sacrifice that you could look up on. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He said, look to me. Look to me. Intending for the world to be able to have access into the Holy of Holies. And inside the Holy of Holies, there was nothing of the remnants of the world that could stand I want you to see something I'm about to hush here's the picture guys I want you to stay with me okay I want you to stay with me I mean stay with me and do that Lance I'm not sure you stay with me I want you to see something I'm just on my walk with the Lord I'm serving God. On this side, I've got a financial problem. On this side, I've got problems in my family. And I'm just trying to serve God. All I'm doing is putting my faith in Christ. I'm trying to trust Him. And everywhere I go, I have these issues and I have these problems that is, that is following. Come on, stay with me. They're following. They're, they're staying with me everywhere I go. They're staying with me. Now look, we try within ourselves. To try, come on, stay with me. We try within ourselves to stay, to get away from them. We do everything that's within our power. We, we even try to trick them. 
and anything we can to get away from our problems and our issue. But the fact of the matter is, when I wake up in the morning, I still got problems in my home. When I wake up or when I go to bed at night, I still got a bondage that's in my heart. Uh, when I'm through the day, I find myself I messed up. And everything that I've tried to do to get away from my issue and to get away from my problems, it doesn't really make any difference because they'll stick with me. We even get to the point where we get a little frustrated. Don't try to fight me, okay? We get a little frustrated and, and we try to push our problems away and get annoyed. Anybody get annoyed besides me and just try to just try to get rid of them a little bit? How, whatever we got to do. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what I have tried in the last few minutes, they're still here. But Jesus said, as the cloud followed them in the wilderness, as the cloud that stayed with them as long as they kept their faith in Christ and what He did on the cross, uh, because of what Christ has done for us on the place of Calvary, there's one place your problem cannot go. There is one place that exists uh, where the issues of the world are no longer welcome. Uh, There's a refuge. Uh, There's an escape. Uh, There's an exit. And while they can go with me everywhere, if I make my way to the Holy of Holies, uh, I'm in a place where they no longer can follow after me hallelujah praise the Lord because in the day and the hour that we live in instead of getting up and turning on the bad news and listening to how bad the virus is it's a good time to get up and turn on some anointed music and get in the presence of the Lord I know and I'm not trying to be unkind At all. I'm not trying to be unkind at all. Trust me. I'm not doing that and I'm not being disrespectful. But I am getting sick and tired of hearing about different ideas about a virus that is infesting God's people with fear and not seeing God's people run to the Lord. Uh, Yes, I'm being cautious. Uh, Yes, I'm very aware. But I'm not going to lay down and quit. Uh, I'm going to run to a holy place and be filled with the presence of the Lord and be rested and refreshed there's a place of escape they can go with me they can follow me but there's sometimes I need to get by myself I need to get away from TV. I need to set my phone down. I need to uh, walk out of the house or Sister Becky's doing the dishes or my laundry and I need to walk over to the barn and I need to shut the door behind me And I need to say, God, you know everything that's going on. I just need to be in your presence for a while. And allow the power of the Holy Spirit to rest and refresh me. Now I want to say this, and I'm going to hush. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm not going to promise you I'm done. I have preached this morning because I've tried to be careful and separate the two and done my best to just try to lay out some truth. And I haven't brought everything that we could, could bring about the, the presence of the Lord of the cloud or the fire. But I've tried to give you foundation of truth. Because what you know will hold you. What you know will sustain you. I'm careful anymore. I don't care to add experience. But we can't just preach from experience. we got to have a truth first. A rightful experience comes from the truth. But when somebody that we're preaching to has not had 
the truth yet, it does us no good to preach from a mere experience. So now you have a truth. You have a foundation. Now I want to tell you this. About 2000, probably get the dates wrong, 10 or 2011, I was in a place in my life where I, I know, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I've had people tell me that is suffering from depression. You don't know what I'm going through. Listen, don't tell somebody you're talking to if you don't know what they've been through. Don't tell them you don't know what I'm going through. I know what it is to have the forces of darkness on you. I know what it is to want to give up and want to quit. I know what it is to not even have anything. My Everything within me was hurting and so ripped apart that I couldn't work. I didn't have no desire to ride a horse. I waited till Sister Becky went to work, and I went in my living room, and I laid down on the rug, and I bawled like a baby. That's what I did. I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I was through. I was beyond through. But I know, also know what it is to say, God, I just need to be in your presence. And you know what? I was flat on my face, crying me a river. Have a wet spot there. Not talking about just some days, I'm talking about months. And I'd also know what it is to have the presence of a living God to fill my house, to cover me. And begin to fill my spirit with joy and with an assurance of faith that only comes from God. What happened? I was crippled. I walked in crippled. I walked in with no praise. I walked in with no desire. And I came out with the strength ready to fight with a greater desire than what I went in, than what I ever had before. I want to tell you, congregation, I struggled with what direction to go with the altar call but I know now I want to tell you things in this world are going to get to the place if the Lord tarries that it's going to push us to something and to every believer we must take advantage of the great cloud of escape that God has provided for us if we intend to stand and to be a light for our family and to be a light for the world there is a cloud of escape that is made available to each and every one of us. Musicians, would you come back, all of you? I want to go right back to that song Hannah was singing earlier. I want you to think about something for just a moment. <clears throat> Brother West tonight will, Lord willing, preach on the baptism of the Spirit, but this morning, I want you to know something. There's no access into the Holy of Holies to a, the individual that is not born again. And that's a question that you have to answer yourself, only you, you and God know. Are, listen, are you born again? Are you all right today standing before God, a righteous judge, 
and giving an account for your life. The one that is able, the one that is able to eternally separate because of your choice or to give you eternal life. I just want to ask you this morning, are you ready? If today was the day that you stood before God, are you ready? I wanted to sing this song, but I wanted to sing it, and I want you to have this on your mind. The way that Aaron went in is the same way that all of us won't go in. We have a robe of linen, a robe of a servant, just waiting for God to serve us. Lord, here I am. I'm nothing without you. And I show that by what I'm wearing. I'm nothing without you. If God would let a lowly servant in, as he, he was a type of, watch this, he'll give access to anybody and to everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care what you're involved in today. The truth of the matter is, there's access to Christ because of what he done on the cross of Calvary. I wanted to sing that verse. I don't know which one it is. All the going undo some, help me. I want you to think about this this morning. <clears throat> I'm not sitting. Go ahead. You can wipe away the tears, broken dreams and wasted years. Tell the past to disappear. Let me tell you about blood, Jesus. Come on, think about it. All the wrong turns that you all the wrong turns. Hallelujah. Who can work it all for you? can work it all for your good this morning. Let me tell you about my Come on now. He makes a way when the rain it's been a way made. Rises up from an, an empty, empty grave. Ain't no, Ain't no sinner. you stand as she sings that verse again?
to us this morning would you wipe away your past if you could would you go and undo all of the wrong turns that you made would you tell your past to completely disappear let me tell you this morning I know that people will always hang it over your head in the natural but right now is an opportunity in the spiritual God can do something that man can't do and that is that he can forget he don't just forgive He forgets. And the truth of the matter is, He can make your past disappear. He can undo all of your wrong turns. He can work it all for His good. And He can do it just by your simple faith in Christ and what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary. Listen, uh, there is a great cloud of escape that still stands for anybody and everybody to come. If we enter by faith in Jesus, we can have access to the very presence of a most holy God. And this morning, this is what I ask. If you're here, I asked you a while ago, you said, if you answered and said, I'm not sure if I am ready to stand in the presence of the Lord this morning, I'm giving you an opportunity. We made the first step. Can I have some of the ladies on my board to come also? In case there's a lady that wants to come. Listen, we made the first step. We're already here. I just want to ask you this morning. Say, that's me. I want to make sure before I leave. Things in the world getting crazy. People are getting crazy. I want to make sure that God is my refuge. Would you come this morning? take somebody by the hand we're not trying to embarrass you we're trying to love you this morning we're trying to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision of your life I don't know where you stand with God but what I do know is that God is available for you today God is open for you today and to whosoever will let them come and they may drink from the water of life this morning you say I'm here and I need prayer would you come Would you come this morning? You take your neighbor by the hand if it's too hard to come by yourself. Would you come? Come on, would you come? Come on, would you step out and say, I'm coming this morning? Or would you come? Are you ready to stand before the Lord? Are you ready to look God in the face and take our judgment? Would you come this morning? Would you undo all of the wrong turns if you could? I just come to tell you this morning, God is able. God is able. She's going to sing that one more time. The altars are open. The aisle is open. You want to come. Somebody's ready to pray for you right now. Come on, sing it for me. Start at that verse again if you would. Come on, would you come this morning? Come on, one's already come. Would you come this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Come on, don't leave not knowing this morning. Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come, God? Will you help me pray for you? Come on, would you come this morning? He makes a way. Hallelujah. Come on, you can still come this morning. Hallelujah. What he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, sing it. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Come on, you can still come this morning. Come on, think about it. Is your burden way in heaven? Is it all too much? Is it too much to carry? Let me tell you about one that's able to carry it this morning. Do you feel that empty shame's done all it's Shame has stolen from us. Desperate for some Hallelujah. Let me tell you about Come on, I need some help this morning. Hallelujah.
Come on, just worship a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, touch your people this morning, God. Let me tell you about Hallelujah. Jesus. Who would take my cross to Calvary? Pay the price for all my guilt. Hallelujah. Who would care that much about me? He does. Let me tell you Hallelujah. about my Jesus. Oh. Here's what he done. Because he makes a way when there ain't, ain't no way. way. He rises up from an empty grave. Ain't, Ain't no, no sinner that he Hallelujah. can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and love. I'm thankful today, God, that you are able to wipe away our past, God, to make it disappear by faith in Christ. But God, I ask you this morning in the name of Jesus, God, we have a responsibility. We have a great decision. In a time such as this, we either accept what you have made available, God, or we reject it. God, I just pray if there's somebody here, Lord, that has not accepted but has continued to push back. Lord, I'll never make light of their situation, but whatever it is, I'm asking you, God, Lord, to move upon their heart and to draw them to you, Lord. I pray that you continue to move, God, continue, God, to, to break down the doubt and the unbelief. And, Lord, bring them, Lord, to a place that they would cry out, what must I do to be born again? I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done this morning, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you are blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.